0: You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. So I want you to think for a moment with me about expectations. So when Christmas or your birthday comes, you've got certain expectations about what you're going to receive. When you are expecting a friend from, that you haven't seen in a long time, to come visit, you've got certain expectations about how that visit's going to go. If you've had a relative overstay the welcome, you've got great expectations about when they're going to leave. But there's another side to expectations, the expectations that are placed upon us by others and that we place upon ourselves. Here's a potential list of unspoken expectations that the average person has. That you will have good health, live a long life, be slim and physically fit, have great hair, makeup, and body shape. You will be intelligent, articulate, and computer savvy. You will get into a good school and do well in school and be popular, of course. You'll marry a Christian and communicate wonderfully. Your life will be filled with romance. And as a couple, you'll share chores and have regular date nights. Your home will be beautiful. Beautiful. Every meal will be gourmet, and when you have kids, every baby food will be made from scratch. Your kids will be naturally cute, healthy, smart, well-balanced, get into the right schools, escape all the dangers of peer pressure, but still be well-liked and popular. You'll be rich without being arrogant, confident, but not abrasive. Your children will be raised in the faith and won't do anything to jeopardize their spiritual relationship with God and you will maintain deep friendships. Remember every birthday and anniversary with gifts. Keep in touch with old friends. Come to Bible study. Stay relaxed, friendly, and outgoing. Did I leave anything out. All of these expectations are the result of voices that have been spoken Speaking into our lives throughout the years. There are other voices that speak to shape our souls as well. Some of those voices are voices of affirmation, like, I believe in you. You're important to me. I know you can do it. I love who you are. And others are voices of condemnation. You're an idiot. You'll never amount to much in life. You can't do anything right. And painfully, some of those negative voices have come from the home. A demanding parent, a demeaning sibling, a jerk of a husband or wife, or a parent or spouse who wasn't demanding, they were silent. So you never heard any affirmation or love. Add to that all the voices that you hear on TV, social media, work, so on. All of this to say, there are a lot of noises competing for our attention. Out of all those voices, what if the voice that was booming most in our heart and mind was the voice of God and we could hear it clearly? What if during the course of every day you recognize and respond to God's voice speaking directly to you? Do you think that might reorient your every day? So how can you hear the voice of Jesus, our shepherd, and lock into that voice and be able to follow through? That's what we want to talk about this morning. So what we are speaking of are being fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. That means knowing his desires and following through. It means we pick out his voice among all these competing voices. And we don't veer from where our shepherd leads. Jesus had some pretty profound things to say. Listen to how he describes his relationship with his disciples. This is found in John chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. In the Greek language, the word that Jesus uses for know doesn't simply mean to be aware of, it it, it speaks of an intimacy, a relationship based on trust and safety. Around here, we've talked a lot about being a revitalized church, about what it means for each one of us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. How do you know if you are one? How do you really know? What's the indicator? Well, according to Jesus, the key indicator is if we're listening to His voice and following through. You see, a disciple is simply a student or an apprentice to someone. And it was quite easy to tell in the first century if somebody had that kind of relationship with Jesus. Disciples like Peter, James, and John, they made, a, they made a decision to spend every day with him, to learn how to be like him. They watched him, studied him, talked to him, worked with him. He invited them to be his students, his disciples, his friends. That's how they spend every day. Now, it's important to understand that they did the same thing that everybody else did. They ate, they prayed, they they worked, they learned. They just did it all with Jesus. And they couldn't believe they got to do that. Sure, they gave up some things. They gave up jobs, family, friends, leaving them behind on a lot of occasions, They gave up security, but they did it all with great joy. Now, for the disciples, the worst day of their life was Good Friday when Jesus died, and they thought their lives died with him. The greatest day of their life, Easter Sunday, when Jesus came back to life. His final words recorded in the Gospel of Matthew are these Surely I am with you always to the close of the age. Always. You see, Jesus is saying that nothing, not even death itself, could keep his friends from being with him always. And that promise of Jesus is just as true for you and me today. If you've asked Jesus in to be your forgiver, to be the one who wants to lead every aspect of your life, that is, your Lord and Savior, then you can be assured that He is with you and will never leave you. Not only that, He desires to be in a conversational relationship with you. You know, it's both strange and scary that in many Christian circles, the whole idea of God speaking to us has lost its it's uh, it's attachment for us. In fact, it can be a little bit unnerving to think that God could actually speak to us, that we could hear from God. So like a little child, we kind of put our fingers in our ears and make noise with our life so that we can't hear His voice. But what if we actually desired to hear His voice? We think there's too much in the way. We think, I've done too many wrongs in my life, there's no way that God would want to have any interest in me. I'm not a good enough Christian yet. Maybe once I get my act cleaned up, then God would want to be in a relationship with me. I don't know enough of the Bible. Maybe when I know more, then might God choose to speak to me. God wouldn't be interested in me. I haven't done much in my life. I'm not like an important person in church or anything. Well, let me say this as subtly as I can. Don't listen to a word of that. <laughs> those are the voices that need to be ignored, need to be rejected. If those words or anything like them are going through your mind, when we talk about hearing from God, then you need to play this in your mind on the basis of the authority of Scripture, I reject those ideas. When I asked Jesus into my life, he came right then. Imperfect, a sinner, not a knowledgeable Bible student. He loves me as is, and he wants to be with me. You know, for the last three weeks, we talked about God's promise to pursue a relationship with us. We spent time talking about our choice to be with Him, that it's not pushed upon us. And we talked last week about the Holy Spirit's role in guiding and empowering. And if all of that is true, and it is, that God wants a relationship with us, that we get to choose whether we are in a relationship with Him or not, and that God places His Spirit in us to guide us, then we best become students at hearing God talk to us. The truth is, God is not distant, but close. Listen to some of these voices from the pages of the Old and New Testament of God's speaking. Genesis 3.8, then Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God. Genesis 12.1, the Lord said to Abram. Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses. Joshua 1.1, the Lord said to Joshua, we could keep going with this. The Lord said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. Acts eleven twelve. 12, the Spirit told Peter. You see, the same God who spoke in the Bible speaks to us even today. We talked about this last week. For those who are Christ followers, God has placed His Spirit in you as a gift to guide lead, and power, to convict, to comfort, to equip you. It's a gift. We can subdue, we can ignore it because it's not pushed on us. In fact, you get to decide whether you want to hear from God or not. But the book of Hebrews comes with this warning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Pay very close attention to that. The desire to hear from God also means a desire to obey Him and not refuse Him. So if we really want to hear His voice, it means we're ready and willing to submit to what He has to say and follow through. It doesn't mean we get to weigh it out, decide, well, I don't know if I want to take that advice from Him or read His Word here and obey it. It means we're actually following through. Let me give you a couple of biblical accounts, biblical stories of God speaking, so we can learn what it means. One of the most famous Bible verses or stories of God speaking and making His presence known is centered around the prophet Elijah. The incident I'm referring to is in 1 Kings 19, but let me give you a little background from 1 Kings 18 because in 1 Kings 18, it tells about the spiritual victory atop Mount Carmel. It's there that Elijah meets with the evil king Ahab and a whole host of of people, including in that large group of, of people were 450 prophets of Baal, a false god, and 400 prophets of Asherah, a false goddess. And here's the challenge that ensues, a contest ensues. And Elijah sets up the ground rules, and he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. He challenges the 450 prophets of the false god Baal, and he says, okay, you all set up an altar of rocks, stones, sacrifice a bull, lay it on the altar, but don't light it. Call upon your God. You call upon Baal. You pray to him for him to send down fire to burn up that sacrifice. And then once you've had a turn, Elijah says, then I'm going to pray and I'm going to call on the Lord and we'll see whose God shows up because that'll be the real God. So pretty straightforward rules of engagement. To make a long story short, but it's worth your reading, Elijah's God wins. And God sends such intense flames that it not only burns up the sacrifice, it even burns up the rocks, if you can imagine. That means, no big surprise, the prophets of Baal lose. In fact, they don't even survive the day. However, even though Elijah won, even though God got the glory, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel were pretty angry that they lost their prophets, they lost credence in the eyes of their subjects, and so they're gunning for Elijah's life. The next time we meet Elijah, next chapter, he's taking off, he's hiding in the desert, and he's wanting and waiting to die. We pick up the story in 1 Kings 19. There Elijah went out to a cave, and he spent the night into a cave. And the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites, remember your people, Lord? They've rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then. And went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. A voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? That short story is God showing Elijah that yes, God can do huge and spectacular things, He can make His presence known, He can send fire down from heaven. But lasting spiritual work doesn't happen in those big extravaganza moments of God's power. It happens when God's voice and presence is made known in the lives of His people. Another account of someone hearing from God in the Old Testament occurs in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's the story of a young boy who was dedicated to God's service by his mother, At a young age, I'm going to say what I say a lot of times whenever we've heard this story. This is a story for Bible times. Don't do that here. Don't bring your little children to stay here in God's house for the rest of their lives. This is a Bible story. Samuel was brought by his mom to God's house at a young age, beginning at about age three. Samuel is serving in the Lord's house. Eli is the high priest at the time, and Eli and God are helping little Samuel grow up. One night, Samuel is lying in bed, and he hears his name called. And so he rushes into Eli's room, and he says, here I am. Eli says, well, I didn't call you. Samuel goes back to his room. Second time. It happens again. He rushes into Eli's room. <laughs> I didn't call you. Finally, Eli realizes what's taking place. But here's what we know. First Samuel 3, 7. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The Lord had not been revealed to him yet. So when it happens a third time, Eli says, I know, he says this to himself, I know that this is God speaking to Samuel. Even though Samuel doesn't know it's God. In other words, it's possible to God to speak to somebody and that person not even know that God is speaking to them. Which means that learning to recognize and and discern the voice of God doesn't just happen automatically. It's a learned behavior. It's an acquired skill the ministry of Eli is to help Samuel discover God's voice in his heart. Here's what we know. 1 Samuel 3:19, it says the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And it came to be that almost every person living then knew that the Lord was with Samuel. How did they know? Because anything God said, Samuel did. Anytime God said, go, Samuel went. Anytime God said, speak, Samuel spoke. He said, God, speak, your servant listens. I want to tell you, in this whole business of learning to discern the voice of God, the most important factor is that you make the decision to say, God, speak, and whatever you tell me to do, I will do, even if it feels a little awkward, Even if it's a little hard, I will let none of your words fall. So if you have a prompting that you think is from God, it's consistent with Scripture, it's going to draw you closer to God, then do it. If it's to encourage someone, to share your faith, to do an act of kindness, to speak, confronting someone in love, do it. Don't let a single word of God fall to the ground. And some of you today need guidance. Your prayer today is simply, God, guide me, and he will. So here's how this will play out in our lives this week, how we'll make the choice to be with Jesus and listen for his voice. Tomorrow, you're going to have some leisure time. Now, I know you're going to have some later today too, but I'm just saying tomorrow because we're taking in a full day with this. Tomorrow you're going to have some leisure time. And, of course, in our society, there are two primary activities by which we spend our leisure time, TV and smartphone. If you watch TV, watch it, but watch it with Jesus. If you surf the Internet or Facebook, do it with Jesus. Talk to him about what you see if he wants to change your habits, he'll talk to you about that. He really will. When you read news stories tomorrow, or hear news stories, read, hear them with Jesus. Talk with him about what you're hearing, what you're reading. Whether it's print media, social media, that becomes an invitation to pray for our world, to pray for neighbors down the street, the city in which we live, Washington. Every city across the country, talk to God about the world. Tomorrow, whatever the day holds, household chores, interruptions, every one of them is an opportunity to hear and be with Jesus. And when you forget, and you will, and when you mess up, and you will, live by this important rule, no beating yourself up. No total failures tomorrow because every moment is another chance. God just keeps giving them. That's grace. Every moment is a chance for you to be with Jesus. So tomorrow night when you lay down and you review the day, thank Jesus for going with you. Thank him for those gentle whispers. Remember the moments that you heard his voice decide if you want to spend another day with him on Tuesday and invite him in because he would love to. But one thing you must do is decide. You will not accidentally fall into this way of life. You will not just drift into this way of life. You have to consciously make that effort. Decide. And I'm going to give you a moment right now to decide. And I want us to all, if you will, just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And the first question is this, do you know Jesus? I mean, have you given your life to him? You can decide right now to do that. This is the first and most important decision. You realize that Jesus wants to be in a relationship with you. You need his love, his forgiveness. You need a new start. You can say, Jesus, I know that you died on the cross in my place for my sins. Thank you for caring about me so much. I now surrender my life to you. Come, be my Lord, be my Savior. with your head still bowed. Some of you may have just done that or maybe you opened your life to Jesus a long time ago and you want to hear from him. You don't want another day go by without him. In that case, what word or phrase is running through your heart and mind right now? Maybe it's as simple as the word yes. Yes to express your heart, or the word together, to remind yourself that you'll go through the day with Jesus. Maybe it's the phrase, I'll walk with you. Maybe you need to tell Jesus, I want to spend the day with you listening to your voice. Remember that the same offer came so many years ago to Peter, James, and John, and it changed their lives. You can open your eyes. And friends, let me say this. This is the best offer you'll ever have. You will never in your life, no matter what happens, It doesn't matter how much money you make or what ladder of success you climb, you will never have a better offer than this one. And people miss it all the time. Some people go throughout their entire lives never giving into it, never taking this invitation from Jesus. It's your day. Don't miss it. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.